Hello, everybody. Live from Koreatown on a balmy winter's day in Southern California. This is the Ozone. Back for more, ladies and gentlemen. We're sorry that we left you hanging high and dry, but I had to go work on my tan in Havana, Cuba. And boy, oh boy, was that a wild trip. That was a stone groove. Had a good time, huh? I, you know what? I had a, a life-changing time. It was a very, it was a, it was an incredible experience. I'm your host Omar Miller. I'm here with my brother from the same mother, Mr. Terry Miller. How are you today? I'm great. How'd the traffic treat you? I took the train. Good call. Good call, bro. <laughs> Especially and, since it's supposed to start raining in a little while. Yeah, and that's actually and why I want no part. I'm having a very, very long day, is because they changed my shooting schedule, and I wasn't supposed to work today, and instead. I got to go to Malibu at uh, four in the morning. Nice. And now I'm going to give you Intelligent Tony. (laughs) (laughs) And so, ladies and gentlemen, we got a lot to cover. It's been a long time. We kind of just sat out on purpose because, do you smell it? That's the fresh cut grass. It's almost time. Uh, take me out to the ball Take me out to the crowd. Is it with the crowd or to the crowd? I think it's with you go with a crowd. You don't go to the crowd. Sometimes. That's the remix, ladies and gentlemen. That's the cameras on him. Is that's that's the icons. Anywho with, with peanuts and cracker jacks. Uh and it's just one. It's singular. Buy me some peanuts and cracker jack. Very, <laughs> really? A, yeah. It's a, it's a weird song. I'm gonna have to check it. <laughs> no, check my check I'm my re- files. I'm check your files. <laughs> um yeah, this is this has been let's just let's just start off the top because we don't want to hit you guys with an eight hour podcast. We're gonna start quick and bless you, Ernie. We're gonna start quick and then we're gonna keep going and we'll get another one out to you quick again so that we don't have to sit here all night. So we got a lot to cover. Uh like we said, baseball is is happening. They're swinging a the stick right now in Arizona Literally. and Florida. And I just man, I can't get enough of it. And uh, matter of fact, I think I might watch baseball all day tomorrow. And then uh, we have a, actually a, a, a new kid made some noise this weekend in the world of tennis. I'm very happy about that. But I want to start with where we were this weekend. Let me set the stage for you. The Los Angeles form of Inglewood is known as the city of champions, Inglewood. And the fabulous form was where Magic Johnson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar ran amok in amok. the NBA. I mean, <laughs> showtime. About Forget about it. I hated them. Don't come. <laughs> Don't come unless you want to get blown It was so out. ugly. It was ugly. They made it ugly on everybody. Now you, you name your favorite all-time who player, and they got beat in the form. In the in the finals, probably. You know, and I watched that special with Shaq and Kobe, and they felt like they could beat Magic and... Of course, Frank. they have to say that. They, 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 it's like they didn't watch. Yeah. Kobe's yeah. arrogant enough to believe it, and the Diesel's <laughs> a crazy dominant. There's he, no stopping the skyhook. He can't stop it. Kareem will follow him out. There's no, there's no stopping the skyhook. Kareem sky runs hook. the floor all the time. And Magic Johnson, there's no answer for Magic. And who do they have to answer James Worthy? Uh... You know what? They, that actually might be one of their their stronger positions, right? Or who? Because that well, if you're taking a team when they had Carl Malone, <laughs> Malone didn't do anything while he was here. I mean, Malone didn't do anything <laughs> while he was here. Malone didn't mess with nobody. <laughs> I mean, he, he, you know, apparently he did mess with somebody, and that was part of the fear they were. He, <laughs> he messed with too with many somebody. It's a problem, but uh, but yeah. So, 
Saturday night, thanks to HBO Boxing, we witnessed a wonderful card. Uh, we will start with uh, a, a bout for an interim belt, beating the Carlos Cuadras, uh, who actually beat the Thai homie in a fight somehow or another. I don't know how, but he beat him at one point. And now we spoke about this in advance, and you know I am on record on Twitter saying that I thought that Mc, uh, McWilliams Aurora was going to beat Carlos Cuadras. Mm-hmm. And if for nothing else, because the last couple times we watched Quadras fight, the first time we watched him fight was against Chocolatito, and he just took too much punishment. He always takes too much punishment. Then we watched him Come fight on, again in uh, New York on that Danny Jacobs Triple and G he card. he took too much punishment. And he took too much punishment. <laughs> he needs to go do something else. And what else. did he do this Saturday? Took punishment. <laughs> That's his I'm card. That's about, his calling card. I, first of all, I didn't. I thought the title fights had to be... Uh, 12 rounds, 12 right? rounds, but I guess not. Um, I don't know. And maybe it wasn't for a title. I thought it was for a title. Maybe it wasn't for a title. But um, the Puerto Rican, McWilliams Arroyo, Arroyo, say that 10 times fast. The Puerto Rican McWilliams Arroyo came out and he established his dominance. And he also established that he wasn't scared of Quadras. Quadras caught him once early and gave him the jelly leg. But he gave him so much in the first round. He gave Quadras so much in the first round. He beat the crap out of him. Quadras didn't even have any legs after the th- after the second round. Um I mean he was, you know, he was a, a wet noodle. He was a wet noodle out there and I think it may be time honestly for him to think about doing something else because even though he's a little man and it seems like the little man gets, you know, we're talking about guys that weigh 112 pounds. They throw like, like throw like 100 punches around. Yeah. And and yet it seems like this time I don't know. It, it didn't feel like uh, it felt like more the end of something than the beginning or the or the continuing of a career per se. Um, but he always gives a good fight. I will say that he'll always be able to get a fight because he always gives his all. And then I you don't have about to worry to about out. And then you don't have to worry about him taking your belt. You don't have to worry about him taking your belt. Mm-hmm. So, so you can throw him in there. And it's like, hey man, why don't you fight Quadras? Yeah, and he has a name because he's been in there with Chocolatito. Right. He's been in there with Sora Zungai, aka the Tyomi. But. The reason I cover that is because the fight actually wasn't spectacular because I felt like uh, Arroyo pretty much dominated from beginning to end. He pushed him all around. He was he played bully ball. He ran him all through the club. He did. But, but then the problem I had was once again they gave us classic boxing. One of the cards, a dirty card out there. Come on, man! One of the cards had to fight a draw. Ninety-five, ninety-five, right? Ninety-five, ninety-five. Where were you? They took a break. Where were you? You didn't watch that fight because I watched. And it was much more in line with the other scores, which were 98, 92, and 97, 93. I mean, it was a, it was an 8-2 to two fight. Yeah. It may be. You're giving him love, giving him two. I gave him one round I for sure. You, I, I gave him one round for sure. That's when he jelly-legged him. But other yeah. than that, I couldn't give him I couldn't give him more than one round. So what is going on with the judges? And then oh, we you know moved. what's going on with the judges. But, uh, speak on it. They're dirty. Wow. They're on the take. But who is it? Is it? And it's got to be such small cheese. I can't imagine it's any kind of you know. I mean, do you think they they just do it for controversy or what? No, well, I can't believe that because I think it runs people away more so than it invites fans in, because the fans turn on you at that point. And there's always something. It doesn't take much, you know. And it, you you have to believe it has something to do with gambling because what no they question. try to avoid is a unanimous decision. It seems like all the time right. they're trying to avoid a unanimous decision. And maybe that's why you have even rounds now. Maybe so. Maybe so. I don't know. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. Uh, but but let's go to the main event. And what we all came to see was... The tie, homie. Versus Juan Francisco Estrada, the Mexican's finest, and he came to play. 
both of them came to play. I mean, good. this was a great fight. If I you think it's the best fight of the year so far. Definitely. It, you, I mean, when you have a fight of the year candidate already in February, that's a good sign for HBO Boxing. Right. It's a good sign for the state of boxing in general. What I can say is certainly it was the round of the year. Talking about that last round. Oh. Now, what's interesting is, is if you have listened to the podcast or if you've watched the, the matches, Sarisa Kedsor Rungzvizai, uh, it's very difficult to say, so I call him the Thai homie. And uh, when me and my brother watched him fight in New York City, he came out against Chocolatito and hit Chocolatito square in his heart. And we watched Chocolatito fall in the second round in, in slow, slow motion. motion. I mean, it was like... He couldn't even believe it himself. He was he like, am, what, I, am I falling? What's going on here? I'm on Dude. my back. <laughs> Dude, have you seen my... And what he did after that is he stood in the pocket because Chocolatito threw everything at him, including the kitchen Yeah, stand. but the Thai homie is very, very crappy. He's dirty. He's dirty. He's, He's not sneaky crafty. dirty. He's dirty. He's calculatedly dirty. Yeah, and he's not you, out of control dirty. No, he's, he's like under control He's like a dirty. pitcher that throws at you, but he's he's throwing at you on purpose. But he does it in the vein of I I lost I oh, lost, I lost my grip. control. Yeah, yeah, I lost my grip on that one. <laughs> and yeah. No, no, he's dirty. He he headbutts. He does it. all the little tricks that you you watch him. He pulls the fighters down by the back of their neck, and you know he presses down on them. He does everything. All the little dirty tricks that it takes to win to get you out of yourself. Yeah. And you brought up a great point at the fight is that Estrada had a great game plan going. He did, on. and lay it on the people, brother. Speak well, on it. Well, no, he had a, he had a great fight plan, which was a swim, move, bounce in and out. But your man, the tie homie, turned the tide on him because he made calculated moves inside of the fight, which he, early, yeah, early. He went to his body after the third round. You could see that Estrada's game plan was working, but the tie homie said, "You know what." I'm I need going, to slow him down. Yeah, I need to slow him down. I'm going to invest in his body and make him move in slow motion. He went to work on his body and had him in a fetal position around the sixth or seventh round. And it's interesting because he won all of the middle rounds, if he you ask me. all of the middle rounds. I mean, rounds. from like from four to ten was all uh, Ty Homie. I would say, if anything, Estrada checked his chin. Once again, we have a caller who actually sent me a tweet that said, hey, uh, 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 the steel chin is, is fighting next. Are you are you at the fight? <laughs> and it's the truth. This guy has maybe the greatest chin in boxing. He has a great chin. Chocolatito checked his chin. Estrada checked his chin, man. Estrada hit I feel him like, hard. I feel like uh, Estrada fought him better than Chocolatito. I agree. I agree. Estrada showed so much heart. I mean, he was in trouble a lot. He in was in trouble fight. a lot. And he stood tall and he stood there. And, and he, he, waited. Didn't, he didn't have yeah, on he his back. he wasn't the storm. And what happened was it was a couple times. One thing that I saw, and I would take this in general for every weight class, Unless you have that one-hitter power, which some of the big boys have and some of the middle guys have. But what he did was he peppered him with combinations. And there was a lot of some very nice technical fighting going on. It Lift was. his head up with the uppercut, then come overhand with the then come on with the hook, then and, come with the strength. And the southpaw was giving him a problem. The southpaw seems to give everybody a problem, yeah, especially it's, when it's coupled with the dirty play. Right. Because what happened was the times he got his chin checked and he got in trouble – he gave you the Dalsam immediately. He gave you the Street Fighter and uh -huh. went straight to, oh, you <laughs> right afterwards, he went straight to the headbutt. And he gets you out of your character. Yeah, and all of a sudden, you're like, whoa, man, Break I character. Think my, nose my head broken. cut. Yeah. 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 And, and then he went to work on you because what he did was that he went right back to the body. He stood tall. Uh-huh, and, and got him to slow down again. And it, it, it's just his ability. It's kind of like when you watch Gennady fight, his ability to watch the fighter, to look at a fight, when you watch when you watch the fight, his ability to take the other puncher's best punch and not show whatever pain that he's actually in. Right. 
Because even when he gets hurt, he doesn't look wobbled. I've only seen Gennady wobbled, not even wobbled, but hurt once. And that was when Canelo did it the last time. It was a nice body shot. But he just like kept moving forward. Yeah. It, it wasn't like the and the tie homie does the same thing. Yeah. He he was off balance. You saw that he was a little shook, but he didn't give into it. He was like, no. You know what? You can look at him and see that he has so much heart and he's coming from a, a background that he's just not willing to go back to. He will not break. He'll bend. He yeah. will not break. He's saying to himself, you know what? I'm not going to give. I'd I'm, rather die. Yeah, I'd rather die out here. I'd rather die and out both here. of those guys look like that. They sure did. Because I mean, the struggle looked great. Guys, I'm trying to tell you, if you didn't watch it, go back, go to HBO Go, HBO Now, Watch this fight. This was a fantastic fight. And From the one fight, to twelve, and the fight was close. You couldn't, you couldn't really tell. You you could tell that the tie homie was ahead, but especially with exactly what we were talking about, with the way that the scoring works and so on and so forth. Well, yeah, because you thought that he won. You thought that um, uh, your boy won the twelfth round. I thought that the tie homie won the twelfth round. Well, truth be told, the twelfth round was all out warfare. Yeah, I mean, like this, toe is, to toe. this is toe to toe action. You can't ask for anything more from either one of these guys. Three minutes of funk. This, it was just like <laughs> from the opening bell to the closing bell. These guys gave it all they had. They laid it all out. And if you didn't see it, just go back and look at it. This was really, really special. And we actually sat next to one of the kids who potentially uh, the tie homie could fight next, which is, will be interesting. Another Eastern European cat. A uh, lot of, lot of. I think he's gonna give him a problem. I think he's, I think he's gonna beat him. Actually, I think that kid's gonna beat him. I don't uh, know if he's gonna beat him, but he's like, we don't he's, know. Like, he's a lot like Gennady. He's a lot like Gennady, and also watching him watch the fight was beautiful. Yeah, that was awesome because he's absorbing, he's taking it all in. But he's got pop, by the way. He has, he has a lot of pop. He has pop, and but, he stands tall. But one of the problems is that what I like about the tie homie because nobody gives him credit is that he makes adjustments during the fight. Yes, and he's a good, he's above average fighter. He's not a good, he's above good. He's a little bit above good, yeah. but not great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Just that, enough. But but he's not great because he cheats. He cheats. He's and, dirty. And, he, and if he gets Try caught, to catch me riding dirty. <laughs> but if he gets caught cheating, it's going to he's going to lose points, which is going to put him in a fight, and he's going to lose a fight because it's going to put him in a situation where he's going to have to knock somebody out. Not to say that he can't though, because he has thump. As Chocolatito found out, he took Chocolatito's heart the first fight. You think? I know. I don't know, bro. Chocolatito came out the second time, and it wasn't. He didn't even look like he was there to win. He was. He gave me the Roy Jones where he was there to try to survive. Uh, yeah, but from what I understand, I didn't know this before, but he lost his his lifetime doesn't, manager. I don't. His I, manager. What do you mean? Doesn't matter. It doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. His, his his manager died. This it, is a big okay, deal. Okay, but it doesn't matter though because he didn't die that night. Yeah, but this is this is you. This is the coldest I've ever heard you. This is a, the to, no. It's, it's the truth. He still had to go through training and everything. If he couldn't fight in between that, then he shouldn't have took the fight. He should have ca- called the fight off. If he if he couldn't step out there and of give course, his best, but you know good and well that no boxer's going to call the fight off. Well, then there's no excuses. Okay. Well, then you know there it is. Manny Pacquiao got served up with the bum shoulder, and there he was did. No excuses. It wasn't no excuses. He should have called the fight. He should have stopped. Shouldn't have took everybody's money like can't that. Call the fight when you got two hundred million on the line. You can say, so, "Hey, man, him. I got a, I got a tear in my shoulder. I can't chunk him like I used to. Give me like six months. I'll be back." Not enough. It's not enough. Seven. I need this two tonight. <laughs> I need this two. Right Would you now. believe? Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. Beat me up, there, dude. It's cool. And all the people who bet on me. It's fine. Uh, yeah, and so. I don't know. I'm I'm very interested in seeing where he goes, and I'm not even crazy for little man boxing. But this is this is interesting stuff. Yeah, I'm not crazy about the little man boxing either because they have to throw too many punches to put somebody on their back. Usually, speaking of which, we saw a very not little man at the fight. That dude is. <laughs> you didn't even, even know, know that he was, a, I thought he was a, a bodybuilder. You thought he was a bodybuilder. I thought dude was a bodybuilder. This dude's a heavyweight. I mean, Big baby, on, ladies dude. and gentlemen, we're talking about Jarrell uh, uh, Miller. 
And he's fighting out of Brooklyn, and he's going to be fighting. Uh, he's fighting at the end of March, I do believe. I got to watch him fight because I've honestly watch never watched him fight. He just, he, he's, I mean, he's a giant, so he's got some stamina issues. Yeah. He's got crazy thump. He needs a little bit more fundamental work. But I'm rooting for the kid. I like I love to see American heavyweights. Yeah, and one, he had a because great, I am one. Yeah, but he's, he had a great <laughs> attitude, too, when you meet him because a lot of those guys are like, you know. We Feeling met, themselves. Yeah, and we met a few of the fighters that are sort of mean, which you need to be mean to be a, uh, you know, <laughs> you know who I'm talking about. Speaking of I'm which, scared to say his name because he might <laughs> be waiting outside. I'm just playing. Ladies Come on, Crusher. I'm sorry. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We have a funny story for you. So, uh, we went to the to the Kovalev Andre Ward fight, both of them. We go to the first one, Dre out. Dre comes back. He wins the fight. It's a little, you know, it's it's suspect. It's suspect. Other. We get back on the on the mic. We have to pick who we're gonna pick. T says, "I'm going with Andre Ward." I was like, "You know what? I think I have to go with Kovalev on this one." The Crusher's mean. All right, couple years before. I saw uh, Sergey Kovalev on a flight back from Vegas after a fight, and I think it was a Mayweather fight, and I saw him on the, uh, oh no, no, it was that Cotto, it was that Cotto Canelo fight, and I saw him on the plane on a Southwest flight, and you know on Southwest, you pick your own seat as per your seat number. So I got on the plane, and I get the business select so that I can sit in that seat with no seat in front of you. You know, everybody mm-hmm. know, flies Southwest knows the Southwest special. Very tall dude, I need that seat. I sit there, Joe Torrey's on the flight. People wearing Joe Torrey out. I'm like, oh, wow, Joe Torrey's here. That's crazy. I see the Crusher get on. Now, at this time, the Crusher's undefeated, and he's just knocking people out left and right. I see him get on. He walks by me, and he eyeballs me. And I was like, I said, oh, what's up, man? He said, <laughs> he just kind of grunted and walked by like I was in his seat. And I was like, oh, all right. So then we cut to, <laughs> then we cut to the uh, Triple G Canelo fight. Kovalev has since been knocked out by Andre Ward in the second fight. He's kind of back down to earth. Nobody knows what the future of him is. Sitting right across from him. Has the allure worn off because now he's no longer Crusher Invincible, blah, blah, blah. Sitting right across from us. He turns on his Instagram live and must have lived Instagrammed me for about 10 minutes. (laughs) He just kept the camera on me. And uh, he was like, hey, 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 man. It was love zone. He was in the love zone. He was in the love zone. Kovalev was a total fan. It was all love. I was like, sir, what's up, baby? Man, what's up? They cheated you, dog. It's all good, sir. I picked you. It was love. Cut to Saturday night at the forum. Saturday night at the forum. We go to the forum club there's a place where famous people hang out at every venue so that they can avoid uh the crowd when it's time to either come or go so after the fight we're in that spot and kovalev's leaving and he walks he's about to walk by he says, hey what's up crusher he goes mm. <laughs> he <walks by>. i'm back, <laughs> I'm back. I must once break again you. he didn't know who i was and what's hilarious is is that somebody else had put a picture up of me another boxer and uh, eight-time world champion, uh, a woman's boxer, Jelena, and 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 uh, somebody commented and was like, "At least you knew who Omar was, unlike the Crusher." <laughs> I was like, mm, nice. "Why you, why you want to put that out there?" <sighs> Anywho, um, yeah. So we got we got a bunch of we got a bunch of great fights coming up this weekend. We got a great fight coming up, and I'm very excited about it. And Which I like is? to go. 
which is Deontay Wilder oh, and yeah. King Kong oh, Ortiz. Yeah. I think Ortiz finally, is going to give him a problem. I don't. Is Ortiz in shape? I haven't seen the. I haven't seen him. I don't know on if he's the scale. in shape. I don't know if he's, Ortiz hits hard. And, I don't know if and, he's juicing. And see, I don't know if he hits hard. He does hit hard. You know he hits hard. But the problem is that Wilder likes to fight down. And but he might come out and try to kill him. But the problem is that he last time he knocked out your man, he wasn't fundamentally sound. I didn't like to see true. that. Yeah, and you know that's not true. He wasn't fundamentally sound. He wasn't fundamentally sound after he got him in trouble. He wasn't fundamentally he sound out, before he that's went. Not true. He, he went he swinging wide out, and everything else. True. He came out popping the jab. You talked about. It. You yeah, he did. he did. He did. He pop the jab. We had just spoken with him, yeah. and we both were like, "Damn, sound like he like he took that that conversation yeah. to heart." He came out super fundamentally sound. But the fight only up, lasted like what? Which opened up <laughs> him to get wild. Woo! <laughs> wild <Wild-up> squad. <laughs> Bomb squad. And so I think I think uh, personally, I think that I think Ortiz is getting stopped. I'm with Wilder. I think Wilder's going. to I get think he can problem. beat him, but I think he's going to get knocked down. No, Ortiz is a lefty, and the lefties, you know, they give everybody problems. Yeah, he's a hard hitter, but Ortiz, you know what? He starts out slow. He's a sort of like a, a plotter, and Wilder's a little like I said. He pl- he fights a little sloppy. He gets out of his fundamentals sometimes, and that that's what gets put puts you on your back and with the heavyweights. You can't mess around. Again, it can put you to sleep. And you know what? I wanted to tell you, your man reminds me of, uh, I was going to say Trey Lyles, Ron Lyles. Who's that? Your man from- uh, Oh, a little bit, huh? Yeah. Big baby, Jarrell? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe so. Ron Lyles. I just, I just watched I just, that. I just, I just, Ron Lyles, George, George Foreman, Foreman again. That's one of the best I fights ever. I showed it to somebody, and they hadn't seen it. And I was like, Are yeah, you crazy? Hello? They were talking about how they didn't like heavyweights. That's I was one like, of, man, you're crazy. That's one of the best fights ever. I just watched you, it today. If you get time, go go queue up on YouTube, Ron Lyles versus George Foreman. It's oh, like my goodness. Four or five of the most action-packed rounds that you've ever seen ever. In well, you're going to watch circle. George Foreman get dropped in two times in one round and get up. Why are you telling them what's going to happen in the fight? Because they're probably not going to watch it. I just want to let them know. I'm, I'm going to give them a tease. I can't tease you. Hey, don't dip your toe in it, brother. I'm, don't be a tease. <laughs> don't be a tease. Don't do it. Nobody likes a tease. Come on. Now, on that same card on Showtime, you got uh, Ozone homie Andre Durrell versus uh, Jose Uzcadegui. I don't know how to say his name. Uzcadegui. Damn it. Uzcadegui. hate not knowing how to say people's names. Um, but this is, uh, this is, this is in... Uh, this is a, a rematch of a, of a big controversial fight that happened early, and I'm very excited to see what goes down. I'm a big fan of the Durrell brothers. I'm a mm-hmm. big fan of Flint, Michigan. The people need help out there. They still haven't got their water situation together. That's crazy. And then it's a, another failure of the government. Um, and so that that should be that should be a good card. But on the other on on HBO, there's also a good card going down because that's when the Crusher is fighting. The Crusher the Crusher is fighting uh, the Crusher is fighting Igor. Emil Kalkin. Man, I just need somebody to get a normal name for me to help me out. I just one time. I'm sorry. I sound like a dummy. Igor sounds all right. Why don't you just say Igor? He's fighting Igor. Sergey's fighting Igor. Yeah. I mean, there's not that many of them out there to say, you know, like, oh, okay. He's just fighting Igor. There's not that many in the league. And now what is going to be an interesting fight is that other kid that we sat next to, Dimitri, is fighting uh, Sullivan Barrera. And that's... That's serious business. Uh, Sullivan, actually, I've seen train. He worked out down at the Fifth Street Gym down in Miami. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, this is this going to be an interesting. Sullivan's a homie. We'll see what, what comes about from there. Um, yeah, man, I like I like Deontay. And, yeah, it can get wild, but I think he's going to be focused. And just after speaking to him, he's really. It sounds like it. But if he's not focused, King Kong can put him to sleep. I mean, this is the heavyweights. So yeah, this is the heavyweights. definitely happen. I'm just disappointed in the heavyweight division because there's just not a lot of quality opponents out there. 
It's a small circle. Yeah. It's a small, it's a squared circle, Randy Piper. Yeah, because Joshua is probably going to have a little problem. I think that he should be able to be Parker, but he's going to have a little problem as well. Well, I think, and one thing that I think that we can talk about, I don't think King Kong Ortiz is actually 37. <laughs> and 37 is old in boxing terms, yes. but in Cuban 37 with no documents is a very suspect, suspect 37. 37. It's a, I'm going to go out here and say for our baseball listeners, it's a Ruben Sierra 37. <laughs> it's a, it's a, or, or if not a Ruben, uh, it's a Julio Franco 37. What about Pujols? Albert Pujols is currently 65 years old. <laughs> and he still hits 40 bombs. Hits 40 30, bombs. 30, the average drop, but he, he hits the bomb. deep on you. And hobble down the first. He's like me. It's awesome. Um, we got some sad news in the world of boxing. British lightweight heavyweight Scott Westgarth actually died after a dub. This he, is crazy, uh, right? Yeah, he got a dub on points out in uh, out in the UK. And he, they took him to the hospital. And he had been knocked down by his opponent. But suddenly it seemed like he was in pain in the post-fight interview, and he passed away, man. It's just something to let you guys know. We talk about it. We laugh about it and whatnot. But honestly, as Abel Sanchez told me and many have said before, boxing is the only sport you don't play. And it's not a game. Anthony Rail said the same thing. It is it's very, Here. very serious. Yeah. It you, is, you, you have to take this stuff. Any t- anybody that's getting in that ring deserves, you know, credit, full credit. So this is, uh, yeah, it's a sad day there. I just want to send prayers out to his family. They have a GoFundMe, actually, if you're interested in uh, donating to his family because uh, they're going to be in a hard way for a little bit. Um, All right, let's move on a little bit. we got a caller who wants to speak on the constant state of scandal that the NCAA is in. Did you see this thing where the... Uh, where the where the numbers got leaked of of what they're leaking to these kids? Yeah, but why is everybody surprised? I mean, it's just like we're turning our heads and act like it's not going on. You know that this is going on. I think everybody's surprised because some of the numbers numbers were so low. I think it would be like if people saw some of uh, Hollywood actors' numbers <laughs> and they'd be like, "Wow, really? <laughs> That's, uh, you know, I'll stick with my day job." Actually, I think that you know what brought the uh, the price down nowadays is that all these guys are one and done. Ah, so you think that the teams can't afford? Well, they can't afford, but why would you pay so much? Because usually they would stay in there. Back in the day, they would stay in there for four years, just about, and you can milk that name forever. You very rarely can even remember most of the time where these guys go to school now. They they just go in and they're out. They're in and they're out. Unless you're really, really into college, I mean, right? You have to be really into college. You go to a Duke if you want to go for four, but you go with a guy like Patino, or you know, you go oh, base. You go with these other dudes who want to do that. On the line right now, what, what's your name now? You used to be next victim. Then you moved in to do it for the tipper. What, what, is, what, is, your, what is your name, expert analysis? I like do it for the tipper. Too much, so much crime and stuff going out there. Don't want to be called as next victim. Oh, that's, a, that's, like. that's real. That's a, see, now that's a positive adjustment. I, I, I can appreciate that. I like that's that a, in 2018. I like, I like we, we all the way up. Whatever. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brothers like it. I'm glad you like it. No doubt. Well, what else we'd like to hear about is your take on the college basketball scandal. In general, the NCAA is taking a lot of black eyes. And it seems like, well, it's one thing that the icons were just saying was, it seems like the, the shocking scandal is because the numbers are way lower than what I remember them to be when I was in high school and in college. Because those guys, forget about it. They got paid. They got cars. And they got luxury apartments in the right. whole nine. 
these kids are going out for 10 and 12, 15 Gs. Like, wow, you guys are going out young. Didn't they, didn't they offer someone 100, though? Somebody got offered 100. Yeah, the kid from um, Arizona. They, yeah. He got 100, 100 stacks. So what's your take on the why with this thing, and where does it go from here? You're the talking why? about the we're talking about the FBI. This is these are published documents from the FBI's investigation. Wiretaps. Man, I don't, I don't. Uh, real talk, I don't know why it it hurts me because I'm a big college fan. It hurts me um, just to know that this is going on or that it's actually coming out to the public. We all know it's been it's been going on for years, and I don't know if it's it can. It's being trickled down because of the NBA getting, you know, with the gambling thing or, or what. Um, but, like, say, when we were in college, everyone was doing, was getting paid for four years that they were there. Right. And now the, the AAU aspect is taken completely over that, you know, a kid can come from Brazil or come from Jamaica or come from Hawaii. And, I haven't seen that hot know, Jamaican recruit. <laughs> Uh, I, wasn't Buddy Hill? Buddy Hill is from Jamaica, isn't he? Buddy Hill was Jamaica, but Buddy Hill did the four years. Yeah, but you know, it's just it's, it's these kids are getting paid. These kids' parents are getting paid. They should. They they should. They they absolutely. You're right. They absolutely should. But the 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 actual school is making millions and millions, millions of dollars. I mean, it's a billion-dollar industry. Okay, now let's go with here, because this is something that I've I've found to be surprisingly much less controversial than what I thought it was. Did you guys happen to watch the NBA game where at the half, Jalen Rose told all of the – advised all of the NCAA players? Do not play in the tournament. Wow. How about that? Jalen Rose – who I am 100% sure got blue chip because that Fab Five team was – Everybody. Everybody. Everybody back then got blue chip. Jerry Tarkanian on the scene. <laughs> Come on, man. And, Tark and, didn't play. <laughs> Tark didn't play. Get these kids paid up real quick and let's get this dub. And so so he told them, he said, yeah, I thought it was really interesting. Matter of fact, I'm going to see if I can find that, that clip. He was like, this is the time for activism. Kids, sit out. Because everybody in the world right now, including myself, is filling out a bracket for the NCAA March Madness Tournament and you guys aren't getting anything out of it. <laughs> That's a great. But, but you know what? And I went back and forth after you said that statement. My first reaction was like, oh, wow, he said that. But Jalen Rose is able to say that right now because he already got paid. So of the, course. The, the NCAA, tournament, NCAA tournament is like the NFL combine. You got these smaller schools and these players that's coming on to the big dance where everyone is gambling and everybody is watching. So you can be a small school and ball out, and, hey, now you're invited to – to participate in the, in, in the NBA uh, Summer Jam or, or, or Summer League. <laughs> I actually like Summer Jam. They can go out there with Ice Cube and Snoop. <laughs> I thought the Summer Jam was WWE. <laughs> yeah, oh, I, I thought that was Summer Slam. Oh, Summer Slam, it is. Now, this Summer Jam, you think it, I'm, I'm thinking Power 106 or maybe 93.5 K-Day <laughs> on your FM dial. Summer Jam. <laughs> summer Jam. Somebody got to get shot. <laughs> on the way out. On the way out. <laughs> At least you do, you do get to listen to the concert. You do get the concert. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna cause more controversy for the FBI. If they if they had the summer jam and they had the, the summer slam and then for the yeah. NBA. It's you, like man. So let's listen let's listen to Jalen Rose real quick for anybody who didn't hear. The NCAA realized that they were some of the top programs in the country, and before you know it, players got cleared. Like you guys ain't gonna mess with our bottom line. 
You're not going to affect the PR that goes into the NCAA tournament. Y'all will not mess with our money. Mm. If we have to go back and vacate some wins later, then we'll worry about it then. But right now, you guys ain't getting in our pockets. Hindsight is always 2020. And there was a time when I was in college, John Thompson, a leader of men who just so happened to be a terrific basketball coach, yep. was boycotting, in theory, the inequality that he felt took place from the Prop 48 system. So much so, at the beginning of basketball games, before the tip, he would walk off as hmm. his frame of reference to boycott. Okay. We caught wind of that at the University of Michigan. I felt like it was a noble thing. Had that protest continued, you never know. Maybe we would have participated in it. As I look at that as a backdrop, I wish NCAA players understood the power that they now have. Mm. In a climate of so many things that are changing, so many discussions that have now come to the forefront that have been closeted for so very long, for so a multitude of reasons, I wish NCAA players would exercise that power by boycotting the NCAA tournament. So you are wow. I mean, that's a big statement, and it's big and it's not. <clears throat> just like just like Tipper said, you know, he got his cheese. Yeah, but another thing too is that you take a chance of getting hurt in that tournament as well, and then you can kill your cheese. So I can look at it from that that point too. I well, mean, but then you also take a chance on rising your stock. You look at the kid like that that uh, DeAndre Fox, who shut down Lonzo Ball last year. I don't think his name is De'Aaron. De'Aaron Fox. Um, and he shut down Lonzo Ball, and that actually raised his stock big time. Yeah, but you know what? A lot of those kids, are, they, they're ceiling. They've already reached their ceiling. So, Well, in the words of Michael Jordan, the ceiling is the roof. So. <laughs> and the roof is online. <laughs> that's the word of George Clinton. <laughs> but, but, yeah, so, you know, I just, I feel like it's a, I feel like the scenario is one that takes real merit. First and foremost, I don't know how much we can trust Jalen Rose because Kobe Bryant busted his ass for about 80 <laughs> Yeah. One. And then and, he was slapping high fives at the end of the so game. He was so happy that Kobe had got him, dug him out. <laughs> I, I can't ever accept that. I couldn't accept that. Do it for the tip. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. I'm listening. Uh, yeah, and, and, uh, and, you know, and now, regardless of that, I am jealous because I wanted to go to the University of Michigan because it was awesome. Because if you were born in the, in the 70s, the University of Michigan was where you wanted to go play sports in college. And, uh, but he brings up a great point. Everybody's making money but these kids. We've spoken about it before. And now all of a sudden, to me, you know, this is like, this is like when the police bust prostitutes. Right. You know that there's prostitution going on. They call it the oldest profession in the world for a reason. Why are you surprised that the prostitution is happening? Either you, you sanction the prostitution or you don't. And what's happening now is just like with prostitution in most cities, they're kind of just turning a blind eye to it. And every now and then there's a there's a raid. You right. know, and this, and we're in the raid period right now. Well, we're in the raid period, and the coaches that get busted, who who are the biggest pimps, and then what mm. happens? The coach is going to go off to another school and make millions of dollars. By he got, like, he like Pete Carroll? He's got to lay low for a little bit. <laughs> Pete Carroll destroyed USC period. and then went over to the Seattle Seahawks. Now he's getting out of town, too. He messed up that organization. Yeah, I mean he got him in the ring though. Why? Why you try hey. to front? Hey, he, he got, got him a ring. He, he should have had him. He should have had a couple of them. He played. Hey, I think he got a couple of them with USC too. Yeah, but he he hurt the he hurt the, the program. Do you hurt the program when you bring home the ring? 
Yes, because you're talking you about the J.R.R. Tolkien. You're the Lord of the Rings. He's not the Lord of the Rings, though. He would have been the Lord of the Rings if he would have stayed there and got uh, blinged up on every finger. Not one He's or two. Lord of the Rings because he made he made them relevant once. There you go. Thank you, Tipper. Uh, you you ask most people, and, and USC, Pete Carroll hurt the system. No, what Pete are you Carroll doing? You did a survey? System. Yeah. Pete Carroll. You did a USC Los Angeles survey. I did. Only takes three people to have a survey. (laughs) Everybody knows that. (laughs) (laughs) Get your act together, Miller. This is what I grew up with, ladies and gentlemen. This was my. This was my. This was my guide. This is who I got. (laughs) See how it worked out for you. It worked out, <laughs> it worked out for you. <laughs> you only need three people. Everybody knows that. That's Everybody a survey. That. That's a survey. <laughs> yes, no, and maybe. Come on, dude. <laughs> That's the funniest thing that I've heard all week. That is hilarious. Anyways. Whether or not Pete Carroll ruined USC's college football program. I bet you're going to have people hit you. People will be like, he did do it, dude. He did. Watch. I want you to send him straight over to me, too, so I can help them out their life. I'm a life coach now. I'm taking over. He's a life coach. Oh, this is too funny. Wow. Anyways, Dipper, as you were saying, so now, so now you have this situation. What's going to happen? A guy goes, he gets fined, he gets boycotted or annexed for, exiled for a little bit. He goes to another school or, like T was saying, he goes to the professional arena and does his thing and continues to get paid. Kind of reminds me of what's going on in uh, the world of entertainment with this uh, purge of all the sexual harassment stuff. Right. These guys are getting drummed out of the league, but most of them are getting drummed out of the league to the tune of whatever fortune they were able to build. Right. You know, you lose the the the, the public shaming element, you know, but... And then a few years, all will be for, forgiven and they'll think? be back. Yeah, no question. And yeah. I, I mean, as far as the Me Too movement and everything, yeah. I think they're I, out the league. Yeah, I don't think that they're out. They're I think that they're, they're going to come league. out, come back under another name, you know, basically, and start writing and producing <laughs> and everything else all over again. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's just that that FBI scare where everyone, you know, is going to, you know, be nervous for a couple of years. Either some of these coaches are going to end up going to the, you know, to the NBA or some of these players are going to decide to jump into the G League. And then, you know, just till it comes down to the next big wave, come, come and take over. What needs to happen, I believe, is that they need to come a little bit harder on these AAU um, scouts and teams because they're the ones that that's causing all of this pain for NCAA. What, but why? How can you come down on them? They're, that's just a league that you can start. Anybody can start a league. I don't need. I don't. They're not governing or sanctioned or anything else. So just me putting together a team of kids and having them pay me to play. So how can you? How can you put some pressure on AAU? Because AAU is kind of like branding these kids to go to these different schools. Good. Okay. How do you come so now, up with the financial element of who gets paid what? Yeah. This is this is the this to me this is the real question. They're basically they a farm system up, for the college, right? They need to come right? up with a system. They need to come up with a system where these, you know, these these kids are actually getting paid. 
you know, it, it, it has to happen because the NCAA is making too much bread off of these kids. Off of these kids that's playing one in two years. Now, you know, the fortunate part about it, the ones that's not as good as the one or two years, they're playing, you know, they're getting their scholarship. But after that, what's happening to them? Are they going overseas? Are they getting bread and out? Are they just getting a good education? You know, if some of these coaches, you know, if they love the game so much and if they're doing so much for the NCAA, do they need to take a pay cut? Should it be a pay scale for them? Hmm. I think it should be revenue share. Okay, but then once, you know, the, what about the um, the shoe company that's getting involved? The shoe company's not supposed to be involved. That's almost like lobbying. They shouldn't be involved. Hmm. Obviously, we have a lot to work out. There's a lot to go on, and but what I think most people in my survey will, will take recognize a survey. is that I'm taking a survey. How many people? I, I, I will keep it quiet. I will say it's at least three. It's above okay, three. That's all, we're, above we're three are in the midst? <laughs> the, 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 Come on, the, man. The, the Lord is present. <laughs> the Lord is present. He only needs three. Come on, man. Two, two or three. Let's do it. <laughs> this dude. This dude. I'm going to do one, too. And only got 10 Twitter followers. So. <laughs> oh, man. I'm, this is hilarious. Well, I think that, uh, yeah, I think that was, that. It, I don't know. I think the kids got to get paid, and that's pretty much all it is to it. I don't think that they need to get big cheese. I just think that they need money to survive, like rent money and stuff, even though you're giving them room and board. The education, education, the, the piece of paper is not worth what it used to be. And so you just need to put something in their pocket. I mean, so that they can survive so, okay. through the school year. But how, can you, but how can you do that? When you have a blue chip scholar athlete, uh, McDonald's All-American, that's coming in there, but then you have just a regular scholarship kid. So what do you mean? How can you do that? The regular scholarship kid do knows that? that he's not good enough to get that kind of money. Why not? He's got Give him a partial scholarship. Why not? <laughs> Why he can't? <laughs> Give him a partial he's scholarship. At same, he's at the same school as you, as you, so he should be able to get the same amount of cheese as you. But, See, but, 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 lies but, yeah, there's a problem. And but, herein lies a problem. It's not a problem, there's no. no. There's no organization or body who sits above the NCAA. First and foremost, yeah, that's, that's, that's a problem. problem. And so there's no checks and balances there. And then within the NCAA, obviously, there's no clear-cut body who's going to say, okay, this is what should happen. Instead, they turn a blind, a blind eye to the whole thing, and we run into this problem that we have now. Which yeah, is but the absurd... checks and balances are the numbers because everybody knows that this blue chipper that you're talking about and everything else, this McDonald All-Star, whoever he is, if he's putting up numbers and His he... name is Ronald, all right? <laughs> okay, does he have red hair? <laughs> and, and he's putting up these he numbers. He's a funny uniform. <laughs> Then we know what he's supposed to give us. We, where is it that you get rewarded for losing? There's no place in the United States where you get rewarded for losing. So, unless you're Donald Trump, unless and you you're lose Donald the Trump, popular tro- the vote. But and guess you what? Still end up We're going to see what's going to happen with him in three more years. Ooh. I don't think that uh, even the women are turning on him now. I don't two know. Two more. You got two. I think he can. You count don't on, think he's going to make it? I think he can count on white women. Unfortunately, no. Either way it goes, do it for the tipper. Last and not least, is Zaza Pachulia dirty? Can we confirm it? Yeah, he dirty. He did, he did what he did to Kawhi Leonard last yeah, year. Yeah, we confirmed well, that last year. I remember. Well, but yeah. we got it. I do remember, brother. Just ask the question. I can't ask you. The man is dirty. <laughs> 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 look, look, no, don't make the call. 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 Don't make the call
So Zaza now he falls on Russell Westbrook. The man, guy's dude, a man, giant. They need to get him out of the league. He's he's terrible. Get him out the he's league. gonna ruin other other people's career. Yeah, but he's not gonna ruin anybody on the Warriors. What career. size does he wear? So size they, eighteen so or they, something so like they that. Get a, so they get a walk again. It'll always somehow or another. It'll always end up with these guys. So that they end up with a walk, and it just makes me sick. I shoot a jumper. This dude puts his size eighteens under me when I come down, and then says it's an accident. And you watch him do it. You watch him several and then, times. Yes, and the NBA doesn't do anything. Forget about that. Right. What about when he could pull Kawhi Leonard down by his arm? He did it arm? twice that game. He did it twice. Yeah. So if, 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 if we know it's dirty, but every team in the NBA need one of those dirty players. No, nobody needs anybody who's going to go out there and hurt somebody intentionally. But what I would do, honestly, I would give me somebody, give him a 10-day contract just to get Zaza. He'd have to be a but you know what I'm No, he doesn't. I, I need to get under him. I got low bridge. Wow. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. It was a, okay, a, man. I'm sorry. Your contract is up. There's a 10 day contract <laughs> out there right now for you. <laughs> How much is it? Hey, Zaza. How much is it? We saw Z- Zaza. Zaza. Zaza just walked in and he can't fit in the doorway. He's a Cro Magnum. That's messed up. Why you call him Cro Magnum? Man, you saw him. You saw him for real. Zaza is enormous. That's a big guy. He's a giant. Solid. He's yeah. solid. He's a really big guy. <laughs> But I get under him for the right right amount. I you know wow. slip my foot under him, go he low. Does he dip his toe? Wait, this is a revealing <laughs> conversation with Terry Miller, folks. A revealing yeah. conversation. All right, do it for the tipper. Last thing, who do you got this weekend? Deontay Wilder or Luis Ortiz? I got Deontay in four. And wow. four, yeah. See that? I feel the same way. I think he's gonna. I think actually think he's gonna blow through him. You really yeah. think he's gonna blow through him, huh? I have no yeah. respect for him, especially then when you find out that he's juicing after the fact. Yeah, but you find out most of cats are dirty. Honestly, if I was Deontay, three, two months isn't enough to get the juice out of your system, I don't think. So, I mean, he's still he's still feeling the effects, the positive effects of the juice. That's pretty bold of him. You know, the fight was supposed to be in November, early November, late October, right? Well, I'm sure they tested him. No, no, they certainly tested him. They're certain, but then, you know. Hopefully he's not on the doll and on the law. But hopefully he lets me borrow some because I need to get big to go conduct my next survey. You need <laughs> you gotta beat the people up? Is that your survey? You lifting the people? <laughs> my survey is about giving people the knockout drops. Uh, you gotta get your survey people up. That's your it. Survey is up. I'm gonna call it the Richard Dawkins. How about Dawson? <laughs> no, I'd rather not prefer Richard Dawkins. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Thank you, Next Victim slash Do It for the Tipper. We'll never, we'll retire Next Victim from now on because you're no victim in 2018. You're doing it for the Tipper. Okay. No one should be a victim. There it is. (laughs) Out. Moving on, folks. Real quick tennis piece. We're we're sliding into tennis season now. It's tennis season. And uh, I'm very excited about it. And somebody that we admire has made a big stride. The young kid, Francis Tiafoe, who took Roger Federer to five sets in the first round at the U.S. Open this past October, uh, this past August, September. This kid just won his first ATP title. So I just want to give love and a shout out to Francis. Uh, He won the Delray Beach Open and really happy for him moving into the season. We got a big tournament coming up starting next week in Indian uh, Wells, at Indian Wells in Palm Springs. Should be a good time out at the desert. Check out the uh, tenniscannel.com if you want to get more information. They got heavy coverage. They got a great event out there called Desert Smash. And you might just run into us. You never know. Never know. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to wrap it up with you to talk about our favorite sports. Actually, our favorite sport. Just one. 
and it's with a guy named Noah Syndergaard bringing cheese today. Yeah. You see this? I guess his lad is all right. Yeah. Noah Syndergaard topped 100 miles an hour 11 times today in his debut. He was probably so debut. excited. He loves dealing. He does. That's what great pitchers do. Mean. They love dealing. Man. I mean, his two-seamers are looking nice. I mean, good work. I see I missed the action today. I had to work all day today. Yeah. It, it, but it, I saw Justin throwing, Verlander. Through a nice two-seamer. Justin Verlander was not who you wanted to see. He carved him up. So, the news is the son of immigrant pizza flippers, Chady Martinez, signed a $110 million deal with the Boston Red Sox. Now, one thing that the icons have been promoting ever since this deal was floated is that, and I think we talked about it on air, we talked about it a lot off air, is that the Red Sox lineup with J.D. Martinez is makes their lineup close to, if not equal to, the Yankees lineup. A lot of controversy about this. Tell me the why. Well, they, for some reason, everybody equates slugging to hitters. You know, there's a big difference in being a great hitter and being a slugger the Yankees lineup is filled with sluggers which is a a beautiful beautiful thing as far as people like to watch the long ball whatever but the Boston Red Sox because I'm not like a crazy Red Sox fan but you have to call it what it is their lineup through nine is I would take it over the Yankees you have Ben Attendi you have Devers that young kid you have also Hanley Ramirez you have JD Mart JD I was gonna say JD Martinez JD Martinez though has been averaging around 40 home runs for the last three years yeah. I mean, come on. That's the thump. Year he put up 45. The thump that they've they been missing. against the Dodgers. <laughs> <laughs> but the thump that they were missing was, you know, from when Big Poppy left. Yeah. And you had guys playing through injuries. And Moody you have. Betts is, was, was playing with a messed up thumb. Right. But they have defense. The Yankees' defense is not the same as the Boston Red Sox' defense. But we're just talking about lineups. I'm yeah. not talking about the team. I'm talking about lineups. But the, it come, the pitching comes down to the lineups. The pitching and the lineups, it's going gonna, it's gonna to have a difference in the, in the games. For sure. Especially when they go head up. You're talking about what Drew Pomerantz, David Price, uh, Chris Sale. The Yankees will come out with Severino and CC Sabathia and Tanaka. Tanaka with a string. I mean, come on, dude. I have to go with the Red Sox. I'm gonna have to see how it all plays out, but I do know that this is gonna be a fantastic baseball. It's gonna season. be a fantastic, but I, not, I neither one of them better than Astros. I think. I think that you're playing the Yankees short, and the, the Astros pitching staff. I just. I think people really selling Gary Cole short. I he carved he him up that, today. I think he had that that situation. He uh, yesterday, Berlin. yesterday. Um, I think he had that situation where the arbitration scenario, where he has to sit around and listen to his team bash him, and that was about two years ago. As a matter of fact, that was right when we started the podcast. Right. They and, just did that to Marcus Stroman in Toronto. Yeah, yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if he has a crappy mm-hmm. year. You know, it doesn't work well. It's not a good tool. Like that, you just to hear your employer run you down. Yeah, it's just not good. Uh, but but um, in this scenario. The Yankees don't have only sluggers. Actually, Giancarlo hit over 300. He was like, it's it's real. And Aaron Judge was knocking on the door of 300. Didi Gregorius can flat out hit, and you know that. Now, after that, (laughs) you have question marks. You have people love Gary Sanchez. I've had a bunch of Yankee fans try to tell me that people say he's the best hitter in the organization. How you can take Gary Sanchez over Didi. Truth be told, you can give me Didi. After what I saw in the playoffs, give me Didi over everybody. Yeah, and see, this is what I'm talking about. So, the, because so I think, so what, let me finish what I was saying. So what I think is the lineup itself is going to be key. Right. Who they put where is going to be key. Because. So I, that's in Aaron Boone's court. That, that ball is in Aaron Boone's court. And I think it's a lot easier for the Red Sox to put their lineup together. I think it's a lot clearer who should go where. 
in comparison to the Yankees have an embarrassment of riches, if you will. Right. And I think it's going to take a little while to put together because even when you have all the names, just like how the Lakers had that crazy team, yeah. there's been a lot of teams that have crazy mega teams. There's chemistry. It's a team sport, and you always need your team to be compiled in the right way together. It's, it doesn't It doesn't matter what sport it is. It always. It's the same thing everywhere in every sport. And so until they figure out that magic uh, lineup, which – it's you know they have so much talent it could happen immediately. And let's I, talk about that Brandon uh, Brandon Drury pickup. Brandon Drury is a great pickup because he's great a, pickup. he's a young kid that actually has pop and he's a good defender. He can play multiple positions and he's, and he's going to mash in Yankee and he's going to mash in Yankee Stadium. I mean that's one of the best pickups that they had this year. I, I feel like Drury's a stud. man. I mean I feel like you know Giancarlo Stanton. You everybody would like to have him on their team, but yeah, of it, course, but it's. Overkill. You have a Greg Bird. You have a lot. I would go with defense. I, I don't and, know if it's overkill. That's a, yeah. Talking about, hey, I mean, on, can man. you have enough? Yeah. You the embarrassment of riches. Hitting, hitting. But bombs. the same thing that you're talking about with Didi Gregorius is what I'm talking about with the Red Sox because the Red Sox lineup is filled with a bunch of guys like Didi Gregorius. I understand. But you're just talking about a different style of baseball. What happened if you look? I saw a stat on Major League uh, on MLB uh, TV today that was pretty telling. And what they were talking about was. The teams that finished in the bottom three in home runs last year also finished in, like, the top three in losses. The Giants had less than uh, however many home runs, and they ended up with 98 losses. Mm -hmm. The the Red Sox had a a problem, and they they did not end up with a ton of losses, but they ended up getting bounced because they they couldn't put the ball out of the stadium. Right. The game has changed, and that's something that you you have to appreciate. Now, when we get to the playoffs, and when you get in tight games, you would still rather have Ricky Henderson on your team than anybody else that's ever played the game, probably, except for maybe Ozzie Smith. Because in the one nothing game or in the none the zero zero game in the seventh inning, if you could come up with a war stat, there's no chance anybody's higher than Ricky Henderson. Right. Because a guy like Ricky, a guy that can then run and that can that can a tight game, you need those guys. I don't think anybody nowadays is planning on trying to play a tight game. That's this is my issue. Yeah, but but if you go with the Red Sox rotation, like I was just going over with the Yankees rotation, I would have to go with the Red Sox because they're sending out David Price, Chris Sale, and Drew Pomerantz. People, Drew Pomerantz is a sleeper cell. He was 17-6 and six last year. Yeah. He, he had a 3.32 ERA and 174 strikeouts and 173 innings. Good pitching stops home runs. It stops. The only thing that it good certainly p- stops home runs. Yeah. And, that, that's not and even the only question. thing that is not going to stop is speed. Other than that, but the Yankees don't have a lot of speed. That Brandon Drury brings something a dynamic to the team that they really just really don't have because he can steal bags as well. Him and Didi Gregorius can run amok. But you don't you have a log jam out there because now you have Brett Gardner and uh, um, who else? Ellsbury stills there. there. Um, Hicks. So what's your what's your outfield looking like? Because you know you're gonna start you're gonna start you got four four outfielders that's got to play basically. I mean, one of them is gonna slot in the DH. Right. The four guys got to play. And you you did not get Stanton to sit him. You're not sitting there and judge. No. You know what I mean? These are two guys that got to play. So and now I, there's two more spots. <laughs> right. And Frazier's an up-and-coming stud. And Frazier said he's out there to win. The, he said, you can ask me every day if you want to. I'm out here to win the spot. I don't care who we picked up. That's what he <laughs> I heard that. I like that. And yeah. He is a stud. Yeah, but I bet you they send him back to the minor leagues. Because it's going to be, listen, watch this. In a couple of months, it's going to be the old song and dance. Yeah, we want this kid to get some at-bats. Yeah. And because I, it's not another bat for him. And what I think they should do is they should trade him and get a front-line starter because he's a stud. He is, but... They should trade him and get a top-line starter. They, they really should have got Garrett Cole. They should've, really should have got Garrett Cole, in my I, opinion. You know what? But I think it got to the point with the Yankees where a lot of teams said, you know what, we're not going to trade to him because the Yankees really wanted Manny Machado, but 
the owner of the Orioles said, we're not giving them Manny Machado. I'm yeah, not going to let I'm them. I'm never going to get the Yankees <laughs> Manny Machado. I'm never going to give the Yankees Manny Machado. Now they're talking about he might go to the Red Sox. <laughs> and and the Red Sox will be completely bananas. The Red Sox will be the best team in baseball. They will be the best got, team in baseball. Manny Machado. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, the other thing to speak about is uh, the remaining free agents who, are, who I would imagine are out there, you know, in the MLBPA uh, training facility getting themselves together still just preparing for the call. The biggest name I would say out there is Mike Moustakis. Moose had a monster year last year. Yeah. Uh, he had 38 bombs. The Yankees were trying to get him, though. They're still trying to get him. And oh, I, they, I, See, now this is where I think you mess up. I think if you get Moose and you got Drury, yeah, I, I think this is where you mess up. Because but, you're going to mess up somebody's mind. Yeah, but see, that's the that's the, the point. They have that kid, Gleber Torres, that they're supposed to be bringing along as there well. There you go. And he's going to have to go back down to the minors because he's not going to be able to get it bad. So you can, because you have Brandon Drury, and then if you bring in the Moustakis, then where are they going to play? If I was San Diego, I would get Moose. I would, too. I would get Moose and let them play with and, Hosmer and be and the West Coast bring, and be the West Coast Royals and be the West Coast Royals and let them figure out because you know they got pitching the Padres got pitching coming I'm sure they got some guys they can pull yeah. out and and Danielson Lamet yeah that kid was a stud last yeah. year wow and and you know what I mean you have a, you have a guy like Moose and you bring these two guys who know how to win and you let them play with Will Myers you let them play with uh, uh, Will Myers Hunter. is actually I think from their organization anyway. And, and you let them, the Royals, and, and you let them play with what, what was the, the big boy that started mashing last year? Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro. You let, you let him play with <laughs> Hunter. Hunter. You let him play with freaking Hunter Renfro, bro. And uh, and they got another set over there. And they have uh, a quite a few young kids who are up and coming. They they traded Jabari Blash, and he got um, they released him too. He got traded and then released. I think yeah. the, to the you, Yankees, right? You got I'm not sure. You got Luke Croy that's still out there, which is a surprise to me. Uh, I think that what ended up. I don't know if it's a. I don't know what it is about him. He he moves around a lot more. than right. High end catcher would move around, especially for a guy who who carries stick like him. Yeah, and he calls a good game. You know, he, he yeah. he's a good catcher. Now then, you got one that I'm not uh, crazy surprised about? or crazy about, which is Carlos Gonzalez. Cargo is, is out there still. Yeah, and I, 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 I think that. he's going to go to honestly. I think he's going to go to a loser. That is just gonna look to fill seats, and you know, it's building, rebuilding, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, but then I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up in the Tampa Bay. And then I wouldn't be surprised if he put up big numbers because now he's got to rebuild his brand, as they say, so that he can get paid. <laughs> yeah, so he can get paid because he I bet you he ends up one, signing a one or two year deal. Yeah. Goes out because 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 he can match. Yeah, but he's one of those guys who don't pl- they don't play all the time. He doesn't he doesn't give it to you all the time. Yeah, he, you never feel like you've watched. Full cargo for 162 games. No. You watch him in Oakland before when he was coming up, and he was you're like, oh, okay, this guy's real. And then he went to Colorado, and he's like, yeah, man, you know, I'll play 85, 90 games. I'm not interested in 162. And what's interesting to me is there's a lot of guys out there, even despite the way that the home runs are being so praised now, there's a lot of home run hitters who can't find a job. Right. J.D. Martinez was one of them. Well, no, you can't, you know what they said. They come to find that the holdup on that deal. He had some kind of medical problem, right? Yeah, was they were concerned about extending for the medical problem. It wasn't a year's thing. It was some language. It was some verbiage. So it was it was happening. But I'm talking about guys like Mark Reynolds, Lucas Duda, Joey Bats, uh, uh, your man. Joey Bats is Mike at Napoli. Joey Bats is at the end of his career. Mike Napoli is a swing and miss guy. All these guys you're talking about are swing and miss. Exactly, Lucas, but this is what the sluggers are. People yeah, act but, like that's okay now. But these guys, but these guys are on the other side of the, the, the game now. <laughs> They're on the other side of the mountain right now. Lucas yeah. Duda. Lucas Duda's never had a great season. Joey Bats has had a great season, but Joey Bats is what, 36, 37? Yeah, Lucas Duda. I feel like Lucas Duda really signed his own ticket when he didn't throw out Hosmer at home. Play for the World <laughs> you can't forgive him. I don't think anybody can. I, I, Mets fans certainly can't forgive yeah. him. 
but I, I don't think I don't think I think baseball in general saw something out of him that they didn't appreciate right. in that moment. Because he can hit the ball a country mile. That dude literally can hit the ball. It's a big guy. He's one of those guys on the video game that doesn't fit in the batter's box. Remember when we went to Dodger Stadium and they was telling us about when he took BP and how he was knocking down the letters? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, this dude is a big boy, man. Yeah. He matches the ball. But, you know, these guys that you're talking about now, Joey Bats, man, Joey Bats hasn't been good in like three years. He should retire now. He He's done his thing. Wow. I mean, where's he going to go? This is the Ozone, folks. Unfair and partial sports talk. This is, geez, Louise. Now you just, you now you just need stocking stuffers. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a Joey Bats. Like a peppermint stick. Jeez Louise. Just no respect. No, I respect this game. This game was nice. I can't front on him, but he's finished. Man. The only Man. way he can come back, I honestly believe, if, you know, he needs to go uh, cycle of the juice, just like most of these guys in the contract year, and put up crazy numbers, and then you sign a contract for three or four years for about $200 billion, and then you go and stink to join up. Got to stink to join up on your way out. That's <laughs> right. The, that's the only way baseball would have it. <laughs> yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're back at you. We'll be more consistent, we promise. Uh, this has been a wonderful edition of the Ozone. You got any more news and notes you want to add? Not unless we're going to talk more baseball. Not unless you want to talk about surveys. Who you got? Who you got winning? Who do you got winning the American League right now? I'm still staying with Houston. I mean, they pumped that system up with pitching. You got a crazy offense. How can you go against them? I really want to see where Jake Arrieta, Alex. Cobb, what if they got and, Jake Arrieta? Like, wow. Tell me, what if the Astros got Jake Arrieta? Yeah. <laughs> oh man, forget it. Although I'm not impressed with him like that. I know. think they would do better to get Alex Cobb. I think people yeah. really sleep on Alex Cobb. Alex Cobb is a really above average pitcher, and if he had the opportunity to pitch for a winner, he pitched Tampa into yeah. contention at times. And you blew know his I mean? elbow out, and now they're like, you know, he's nothing. But I feel like a sleeper cell in the National League West is the Giants. People are asleep on the Giants. You got Andrew McCutcheon now, and you got your your Longo. man. Yeah, Longo, come on. That's a solid lineup. Still the pitching. I mean, the pitching. You had Madison Bumgarner carved. carved it. What do you mean, Madison Bumgarner threw out his his shoulder on a motorbike last summer? You don't know what happened. He went motorboat. You motorboat. No, he's good. He, he was good last year. Then you got Johnny Cueto. I mean, come on, dude. No, yeah. you tie block. You have Chris block. Heston. Yeah, this is this is now officially a survey. You have four men. There it is. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to three. leave you with a quote. <laughs> we only need three. <laughs> From Isaac Asimov, there are no nations. There is only humanity. And if we don't come to understand that right soon, there will be no nations because there will be no humanity. Ladies and gentlemen, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. There's a lot of darkness and hate in the world. Don't let it overcome you. You have to be the light and let your light shine. And if not, go take a nap and reset your day. This is the Ozone. I'm your host, Omar Miller. Peace. Ozone. I'm just living the dream. I'm in love with the life.